Check out the show. Uh, you didn't know? Yo, I be killing them with all my friends in them. I got Jake and Tata Breezy in the streets. Sandy locks them down, but yeah, she did it sweet. Yeah, we talk about it. Sometimes we doubt about it. Some people pout about it, but we just count around it. We jab at y'all, spit that slang about anything. For money, sex, yes, and even wedding rings. Just have fun, live life to the end. And what we call this wallet and friends. Welcome to Marlin and Friends. This is part two of Men and Women. Going to march and walk behind a nigga from 6 0. Not a lot of us. But Nipsey was somebody to walk behind. He was somebody to actually, like, all right, I'm going to do what, you, what it is that you're telling us to do. He was from 6 0. He threw up neighborhood everywhere that he went. We as black women don't like that. We, we're going to be like, no, what, what you doing? I got a college degree. I got my master's. What, and you throwing up neighborhood? But look what he did. Yeah. I'm just used to standing on my speakers. Okay, my man. Um, my name is So much going through my head, so I'm going to try to like, organize it all. Because I'm going to say some shit man. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your name? You said you see a reflection of yourself in other people. And you like your reflection of yourself. So you see that, like you feel good about it. Because you like you love yourself. Why would you don't love yourself? You look at somebody else. And this goes to like what her point was, I'm a felon. You know what I'm saying? I'm a felon. I'm a graduate uh, graduate high school, but I'm also a college grad. Um, I'm in a really happy relationship now. Only because I think I love myself. Like, but it ain't always been like that. Ain't no pop, we ain't playing catch in the front door. When I caught a case, I didn't know how to react in that situation. You know what I'm saying? So, but I've been in a million relationships, and I'm always, like, people, my friends, my best friends, they're like, fool, stay leaving in a relationship, right? Because it's ain't for me. And I think some of what we not talk about is getting out of shit that ain't for you. You know, like, for me, I didn't, there was nothing wrong with the women. Like, they were great women. It's like a, I always use an analogy of like a shoe. If it's like a really amazing shoe, it's, 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 everything's great. But it don't fit. I wear a 12. This is an 8. You know what I'm saying? It's still an amazing shoe, but it just ain't a good fit for me. And I think a lot of friction comes from trying to make your foot fit in that shoe. Yeah. And I, I don't have, I have whole thing planned. Like, <laughs> but all I can say is have enough love for yourself. That takes time to do that. Um, when you come from a broken situation, you know what I mean? Just like... Uh, for some reason, I've been feeling anxiety the whole time I've been here. No lie. I'm from England. I just, but I moved over to Dallas. No over. And I was like, yeah, I feel so much anxiety. I had so many friends that like, get murdered here. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't expect nobody else to fix that. Um, I probably would have been my mom spend the rest of my life with You know, I think she's amazing. But I hadn't always deserved her. You know, only when I stepped my game up on who I was, um, really set some time to deal with my demons, that I feel like it, it attracted so broken people trying to be with other broken people just don't work either. So I'm going to jump to another subject. Um, you can't expect anything except for when you say you love somebody, I only can expect you to be your best self. Not the best self. I think that I got an idea what your best self is. Like That shit is unreal. Your best self is probably something I can't even imagine. And if I don't be real with my woman because she's my best friend, 
and I wouldn't lie to my friend. Not because I think society says I'm supposed to be telling you the truth and shit. Fuck what society says. I think even right now, a lot of our conversation is about the social atmosphere between men and women. But what about the fact that we're just creatures made up and we don't know what the fuck we're doing here? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of inside work that needs to be done before the outside work can show. So I think if I met any of y'all, because y'all all seem like really amazing people, y'all smile at me when I saw y'all. I would automatically know that you was cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, but that's the energy that you put up that lets me know that. So when people care about themselves and love themselves, they put out a positive energy and they attract positivity to themselves. So I said a grip of shit, hope it made sense. But yeah, just all love yourself. And I think uh, you start to deserve and you start to see what you're going to tolerate and what you ain't going to tolerate. Right. It's easy to tolerate some shit when you don't know what you're worth. Right. But once you realize what you're worth, you're like, hold on. If I'm putting my time into this, I'm putting my energy and my emotion into this, I need to like say something or move on. Right. So, yeah, that's my piece. Good stuff. Hey, what's your name? I'm Sultanian. I work here at the office. I go by Queen because everybody can't say my name. That's what it means. That's my little introduction. Anyway, um, I, he really kind of supported what I was saying because and when I said expectations, I think you expounded on what I was saying. Because not to say, because you do have, need to put expectations on someone, what I am and what I'm not going to tolerate. Those are pretty much boundaries. Not necessarily expectations, there's boundaries put in place, right? And I think you definitely expounded on what I was saying when, as far as expectations being a sense of, you still have to know yourself to know what you are willing to take and what you're not willing to take. That is the expectation. But it's still based on where you are. You know what I mean? And then he also expounded in what he was saying, how his relationship is. And that speaks of where I was saying, I kept saying black men and black women. I didn't say black women or black men. I made sure I said them both because it's about balance. It's about supporting one another. These are words that you're saying. And every time I heard them, the spirit was just like, that's what it is. That's what's lacking in our relationships because our history has has demasculated our men and they continue to try to do that by putting them in the system, by by uh, 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 making them criminals, by just simply putting us against each other and simply taking down somebody like Nipsey. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we come in a society that is meant to work against us and instead of supporting one another as black men and one black women, we we actually become victim of the society and do to each other what the society is already doing yeah. to us. Right. And I think what you said was very important in the sense of our black men want to stand up, but a lot of times where you say we need physical support, I need to know that I can follow you. I need to be able to physically see this. But what men don't have because society has not allowed them to emotionally be intact. Not society, their father. Their fathers, really, because it starts at home. But so everybody don't have fathers, because now you've got people that don't have fathers and their mothers. And so I say society because the idea was placed that men are supposed to be like this on their parents, period. And so they forget that these men were once little boys and they cried and they had emotions and they had feelings, but they've had to numb these feelings to be something that we expect them to be. And so we aren't giving them, if they have to be this, they still need emotional support. Yeah. And that's what the woman has. Right. We are supposed to be soft in a sense of being intact with our feelings and our emotions because they are supposed to be physically strong and not able to necessarily uh, go into that because it makes them look weak. So in that, we balance each other and support. And even if it, because a lot of people kind of like, we 
emotional with like sad and angry, um, but it's an intelligence. So I work in education. If you've ever listened to me talk about my kids, um, I say that a lot of our black boys do not know how to express themselves emotionally. And that does not mean just to cry. It means that even when they are happy, they don't know how to, it's, it's a whole bunch of, oh, what's up, I'm about to go over here with these hoes and all that. It's like, that's not a happy expression, dude. Like, you can't just call them hoes like that. Or when they get upset, they, they don't articulate at all and they throw things. That's not having emotional intelligence. And whether it's because their dad is there and he didn't get it or because they're being raised by a woman, I think a lot of, even our girls, our girls, don't have emotional intelligence. They are replicas of their mothers. And a lot of times, I mean, I'm not a mother, but a lot of times um, we as black women don't know how to conduct ourselves emotionally. Sometimes we are overly emotional and I don't want a feminist approach to come or to come to me and be like, no, we're not, yes we are. We're, we're very emotional and it's not a bad thing. Um, we're you know, hyper emotional. So I think that's something that we have to pay attention to because I see kids every single day and I literally see them being replicas of what they see at home. It's no longer do as I say and not as I do. They're doing what they see being done. Well, well, the reason why I touch on fathers is because I'm raising my son almost totally different than the way my, son, my father raised me. But he come from a different era. He come from the South. Right. And I'm a, I was going out here, my, my thinking is a little more freer than his. So I'm giving my son something that I know my father didn't give me because I know I didn't get it from my father, but my father still is still a man in me. So I'm still giving that to him. And I'm hoping that he'll treat people in general like human beings. And, uh, and I think that stems from when, when we had that self-hate. I also look at my grandparents and stuff like that because they actually teach it to us. Not trying to, but, you know, they teach that self-hate on accident. And our parents, well, my generation parents, slowly kind of teach it to us. And I see it being taught to our kids, not even knowing that they teach it. So I'm trying to teach my son in a different way because he's a man, he's a young man, and I want him to think differently. And I think fathers, even though we saying that we're incarcerating and it's a system that's against us, we still have to be accountable as men to make that choice. Because I grew up in the hood, I know all these hood niggas, I know I got homies that died, I got homies that still bang. But I was like, no, I'm not gonna do that because I see where that goes. And my son, he see it too. Like, I, we got a guy that come in here, I love him to death, but he's a straight up killer. And he tell me every day when he come in here, I come in here because you calm me down. And we need that. We don't have people to calm us down. And then if I let, just let him loose into the world, it's going to be another brother dead. Right. It's going to be another son without a father. That's the system that we have to break. Not so much us going to jail and stuff. We have to learn to, like, if I see this brother upset, instead of pumping him up, I need to be like, man, come on, man. let's, right, 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 let's right, chill right. and go talk. It's kind of bad because we don't have to do this. And we don't, we don't really have that. Really. We have, what? Oh, nigga, you going to let him pump you like that? Yeah. 
now we got Nipsey Hussle going. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's the type of stuff we have to think about as men. Right. Now, I'm not saying about women. I love y'all. I don't have a problem with y'all. I'm angry and everything. I don't um, there are a lot of disparate thoughts that I have. I think sitting on a lot. Just like <laughs> so none of it's going to sound cohesive. But you mentioned the word desensitization at a certain point, and it made me think about a moment in my life. For many of my mentors, it would be the Rodney King riots, right? Like, in fact, that was a huge turning point for them. For me, it was Trayvon Martin. I'm sure it was Trayvon Martin for many of us. And I remember, and again, you know, just like you said, that it's not, it's not simply about crime. Right, like looking in the mirror, and the person that looked back at me 
did not like what he saw, right? Like, we were deeply in love, and I use air quotes because it, it was very toxic love, right? But I would be remiss to say that it wasn't, it was just life-denying love. And that sounds like paradoxical, but it's true. Like, it was it was love. Um, and yet, like, he had a lot of, he was dealing with a lot of internalized anti-blackness, right? Like, this man, literally, dark-skinned black man, white teeth, me. <laughs> like, um, I remember him, like, calling me a black-ass bitch. I remember him literally cheating on me and, like, starting to talk with my neighbor, who was, like, pretty light-skinned girl, who lived right, like, rhyme as fuck, but I digress. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, the mirror shit thing isn't always positive, right? Like, and that's something that we have to accept and, like, deal with and process. And then something else that I was thinking about was um, absent presences, right? Like, a lot of us talk about the fact that, like, we've got black men in our lives who are incarcerated or who were, right, whose lives have been taken. And I think about our relationship with my father, who's literally been there. I've lived with him since I was a child, but I didn't know him. Why was I 17 when I found out that he put up on plantations? Like, why was I 17 when I thought that my father was essentially a fucking sharecropper? Right, like, and learning that information literally allowed me the, the space to learn so much about myself. So talk about holding up a mirror, right? Like, that's a whole part of myself that I didn't even have access to because I didn't have that knowledge. Last thing I mentioned, I wasn't thinking about it, but because I'm an educator, I gotta bring it up. So Dr. Lady Maparian, woman and scholar, she's at Wellesley College, and she created this thing called the Ladder of Learning. And essentially, she says that, you know, learning isn't necessarily about like being in a learning space and learning about X, Y, and Z. Like, the process of learning, the practice of learning ascends. And it goes from information to knowledge to wisdom to enlightenment, right? So when I think about like where we are right now, you got a lot of people in LA. Say that I was, yes, I was actually sitting in. But I, I don't lose my train thoughts. I tend to do that. Don't get back to that. But I will say that, like, do you notice, like, something that I've been hearing a lot recently is a lot of people are saying, like, something's off. And uh, it, without a doubt, like, a lot of it has to do with Nipsey. Right? But, like, spiritually, I think that, again, thinking about this space that we're in, like, a lot of us feel off. Um, and it pertains to the spirit. Because even if we don't have a language to articulate it, we know that like someone, something, whether it's an entity, an institution, other individuals have sinned against our spirit and we don't know how to deal with it, right? Like, I feel that we're slowly, like, you see a lot of, especially on social media, it just becomes much more apparent, but like we're slowly ascending this ladder. Um, and I, I'm hopeful, right? Like, despite losing office, and that never fades me anyway. Like, I feel like that's, that's only to allow other people to understand what status quo is. We understand how fucked up it is, right? Like, um, saying all this to say I have hope. I think we're ascending. Um, I think it's abundantly clear. I think there are people who are finally coming into their own way of um, Information, knowledge, wisdom, enlightenment. And then you? Yeah, um, I just kind of wanted to piggyback on everything that you all were saying. I think a lot of the the times we're not even addressing mental health as even an issue in the black community. Yeah. I think if that was addressed, so many things would be fixed. Like, I know people may think like, oh, going, for, going to a therapist, you have to be crazy or suffering from something so far severe, but it doesn't have to be that. It could just be simply giving an unbiased opinion or even just someone guiding you along the way that doesn't even know you, doesn't know your family or anything like right. that. But 
we everybody needs that. And so I think that we should focus on that more and fix ourselves before we try to pair ourselves with other people and you know, support and so on. But yeah, right. just mental health. Yeah, and I'm an advocate for it, so I just felt yeah, just agreeing with her, um, just from personal experience out of um, um, being in an LGBT community and kind of being surrounded by like a heterosexual lifestyle and a heterosexual black lifestyle, I don't get um, naturally welcomed into things like this. And like as a black woman, you're like, well, it's a black girl, but um, being black, queer, and like on the spectrum of him and she is completely different. You know what I mean? So just going back to what she said, I think a lot of us do need to um, reconcile in mental health um, help and we do need to reconcile into therapy because it does allow again that bias to where you understand the issues you have and then you understand how to react to them differently to that when you have an issue with me it's not my problem yeah. you know yes. what I'm saying it's, exactly. so like and now, stop consuming it as yeah there was um I remember even Jasmine like pointing like you know when she had put put, put this flyer out and like um Jasmine is my best friend so I go to everything she goes to but I was like I probably can't speak at this they're talking about straight relationships you know what I'm saying they're talking about things I don't understand you know what I mean granted I understand everything you guys have said I've never felt safe to talk about it you know what I mean yeah. granted luckily she brought that up and I was like well let me talk let my ass talk if she didn't bring that up I probably yeah, wouldn't yeah. have spoken the whole night because again I don't think we're talking about the same thing. Right. You know what I mean? And I want to say, uh, Deja, did you have something that you want to say? Or, well, before before you say anything. <laughs> um, no, I just want to highlight this. Um, I've just been very, not obsessed, maybe I've been obsessed with um, Nipsey and his music and videos and interviews and stuff. Um, and just understanding, he said the marathon continues so many times, but I think when you see a marathon, it's not the Olympics. It's not those that have trained their whole life. It's literally people that might wake up two weeks before and say, I want to sign up for this marathon. So I think even with like Deja speaking about how she identifies as LGBT um, in that community, I think what we have to understand the message that he left for us is that it's not a sprint, it's not a competition, it's a marathon. And anybody, they have marathons for people that have special needs. That you can be in that and with you being in a wheelchair. And I think um, it was just, as many times as I've heard it, it's the marathon, you know, the store, his clothing line, but at the end of the day, everybody in here can sign up for the marathon and finish and help us get to where it is that we need to go. And that's something that I think um, that I want people to understand, especially like when I host these spaces, is that. It's not just for us to talk, but I love that everybody else is talking because like Nipsey said, it's a marathon. And as you speak, you're, you're getting in line with us to run. Even if we might be ahead of you, we might be behind you. But like he said, it's a marathon and anybody can join. Anybody, you can join to help us out. I know, well, I don't know you what you're like. If you might be black or not, but you can, you can join and, and, and help us. It's literally a marathon. So I think um, I wouldn't want anybody to feel like they're excluded from these conversations. And I've got that from understanding hope, I mean, what the marathon actually meant. That it's not just the distance that you're going, but it's what it consists of. The content of it is literally everybody. But uh, and you can go ahead. Well, it was like earlier, I don't want to backtrack too much. I was just kind of curious if there were, like before I go, I was just kind of curious if there were any, you know, the question you 
say failed. I I think uh, I I've been divorced. I've been married and divorced. I'm engaged right now. I won't say uh, I felt like uh, like black women failed me. Uh, I, the my my past failed relationships. I just been disappointed in both of us. It's not just her. It's not just me. It's Somewhere we disconnected, and when we disconnect, we couldn't find a connection again. So it's, like he said, it's better. This shoe don't fit no more. My foot either outgrew it, or her foot outgrew mine. And we moved on. And, and my son's mother, we still have a fantastic relationship, and we raise our kid together, and I'm engaged. Now, she don't like who I'm engaged to. <laughs> but as a man, I... I, the way I handle it is that's my son's mother and I'm never going to deny her that and I need my fiance to understand that I'm, I'm not going to let my son see me disrespect his mother because I don't want him to be that guy like oh fuck you I get another girl no me and your mama just didn't get along no more love your mother I love her still because that's your mama not because I like her you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's my son's mother. I love her. But me and her don't see eye to eye on me and her. But for my son, we right there, parents into conference, and people think it's weird. And I was like, no, this is how it's supposed to be if y'all don't get along. Y'all supposed to still raise your kids. I would never, and my son lives with me. And he's been living with me since he was eight years old. That's when we broke up. He's 16 now. And she calls me sometimes and, re- and just like, I'm so appreciative of my son being a gentleman. Because, uh, like I say, I'm trying to make sure I instill in my son what my father didn't instill in me, that I understood that I missed from him. And I want him to have it. So it's, it's something black men have to do. It's not, I don't put that on the woman. How y'all doing? Um, I just stopped by. Jeff is a good friend of mine. Um, I got an engagement to go to after this. Um, I wanted to talk to you about how a black woman I feel has failed me. I knew she failed me the Friday night. Well, I'll back it up. Two weeks before this, what I'm about to tell you. Um, I tell her I was going through some things with business. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm always pursuing different ways, you know, not to capitalize what I do, but to impact as much as I can, right? And I do motivational speaking around the U.S. And um, she really didn't like that I wouldn't open up to her. And it wasn't because she wasn't my friend or nothing like that. It's just like, I couldn't even find an answer, right? I've always been religious. I've always had a strong base when it came to that. I was homeless six years ago. And um, she's asked me countless times, you know, who do I credit with that? And I say, God and Nipsey Hussle. And I think I said this on the platform. It's that serious. And... Um, one Friday, no, one Wednesday, I was at my neighbor's house. And um, I was like, yo, what's going on this weekend? One of the girls over there, because it was, it was males and females, it wasn't even going anywhere. And uh, she was like, yeah, Marvin Sapp going to be at City of Refuge. I was like, wait. She was like, Friday. No, that's club day. You know what I'm saying? That's do other things besides go church day, you know? <laughs> so um, I said, it was meant for me to be in this, in this space right now, you know? They were just having their own conversation. I just happened to say what's going on this weekend. And um, I credit Bishop Noel Jones for changing my life in sixth grade. 
he was the one who baptized me at the church conference in Chicago. I'm from Chicago. You know what I'm saying? So I owe him tremendous respect. And um, when she texted me this Friday, I text her back. I'm in church. She said, what? What are you doing in church? You're not in church. That's the day she failed me. Because I always told her where all this power came from. It didn't come from me. You get what I'm saying? It's a higher spirit looking over me. I was gang affiliated. I was in the streets. The feds came looking for me. I was already in the Navy a year and a half before they can get me. So I've always explained to her and expressed to her how I feel about my spirituality. And that's the day she feel me. Can we, um, go ahead. Oh, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, but I just kind of, I'm just going to play the devil's advocate a little bit. Can we just change our approach to why are we holding all black women responsible for our few encounters with the black women that you guys encountered? I don't think that that's fair because you're not, you're not going to have that same experience with every black woman. Like we all have different backgrounds. We all were raised differently different values and so forth and so on. So I don't think that that's fair. But if I had to say the majority of why a lot of women have felt black men is enabling, they don't hold their sons accountable. So these sons grow into men that are, yeah, they don't hold themselves accountable as men. And then, you know, it goes back to what you said. So I, I would have to say. Are you say, you say what you're saying, the raising of the black men? The, yes. Okay. They baby them too much. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then these, these little boys grow up to men that would be babied by women, and then they become our sons, and they're supposed to be our men. Well, just to be clear, I love black women. She just failed me. <laughs> <laughs> she Listen, I speak on relationship panel discussions to black women.
want it, then I can't dish it out just for the purpose of conversation. I love y'all. I'm just saying, I think that it starts when they're they're babies. Like, I have friends that, you know, you can say, hey, your son did this, this, and that, and she will immediately come to his defense and not hold him accountable. But I understand what you're saying. She. Where's where's his daddy at? Where's his daddy at? But is it, so are you saying, (laughs) but are you saying, so you're saying that black mothers have failed there, so that that would be. I'm not an gonna say all, but I'm just gonna. No, say I mean, yeah, we, we know I you're not saying like all, but that would. Who's? Uh, well, she left. But her aunt, right? Um, her question that would be the answer, a, a huge answer to her question. If a black, you're saying that black mothers um, have failed their sons, that means that our black men are being failed before they even get to us. Exactly. So as far as as far as that though, as far as when you saying mothers fell their son because they baby him, I get it. On on one hand, that's um it's it's like not necessarily accurate, but that could be a reason. But more so when I, I I look at it as like as a kid, you can't control how somebody raised you, you can't control the things that happen to you. But once you become grown then you start understanding wrong from right. You start understanding how things work. So then you get what we call accountability. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So as you as you become, because I, I had the conversation with my pops the other day. I, like growing up, I didn't have my pops in my life. And it's crazy because a lot of the times we say, I wish I had my pops in my life for that was bad for me. But I actually look at it as a good thing I didn't have my pops in my life because I wouldn't have became who I became if he was. Um, because even now, once I had got a relationship back with my pops, I had to distance myself from him because of the habits he has in, the, in, his, in his thought process. And the thing that he always revert back to is his childhood and say it's because of the way I was raised. But you're a 51-year-old man talking about I am like I am because of how yeah. you can't You can't keep leaning on the past. If you lean on the past and if you let your past dictate where you go, then you headed nowhere fast. You know what I mean? So we can't say it because of a way a mother raised a son. I mean, that, that could be a reason, you know what I mean? And, it, and, and to a certain extent, but at the end of the day, at some point in time, you got to make a decision for yourself who you want to be and how you want to live. You got to have some kind of accountability. I agree with you. So I'm just saying it's a contributor factor as to why a lot of people don't think that they're wrong for their actions and the things that they do to people. But I'm not saying that they should use it as a crutch nor an excuse. Yeah, uh, to your point again, this may not be all lined up. Uh, we were talking in the back. So I've been knowing my friends since like 10th grade in Inglewood. I used to be mad telling my pops all the time because he wasn't there. Big, big money though, he's balling out. He just had to put. But he just wasn't there. Then when he was there, I didn't really like him like that. And I understand the way that that whole dynamic was between him and my mom or whatever. Um, but I said it to say, you brought up the idea of coddling, right? Like baby and the boys. So you can get older. I'm 29 now. I'll be 30 next month. I'll be thinking a lot. I feel like I went through like a quarter life crisis, and it was like a whole lot of like depression. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. Like I was crying. I didn't know what was happening. I couldn't talk to nobody about it. So I'm still trying to figure it out myself. And then my dad, he's ashamed. I know he is. I see he's. I am genetically a part of you, nigga. I see the shame in your face. So. I know he don't really want to talk about it, so I can't talk to him necessarily. But I had to say, 
it's uh, it's my responsibility. This is the only life I get. This is my shit. So if I hurt you, there's one or two ways I can hurt you, right? Um, one could best be I know that you didn't like that shit. <laughs> right, or I wasn't thinking about you, or it could be um, I'm literally hurt and I'm trying to hurt you. But at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to do whatever you're going to do with that hurt. So I think we can't make it. I'm saying that all this shit to say we can't make excuses for me, right. for this nigga, right. for nobody. And the reason why is because it's still your set, it's still your life. Right. So even if we in here, we're like, all right, the reason why he's like that, court don't care, judge don't care. Niggas in the street don't care. Yeah. Like, so we gotta still hold ourselves to a high standards while educating and helping each other out. But don't lower the bar, that ain't gonna help nobody's life. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, regardless of what happened, you know what I mean? Uh, dad wasn't there because he battled with his own demons. And he didn't even mean to have you. Let's talk about that. He yeah. was having sex. You came out, he got a hit dad there. You know what I mean? He ain't been trained in this week. That's real shit. That's no, that's real shit. 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 That's you know what I'm saying? It's still your shit. You still got to do it. So that's how I feel about it all. And to kind of just piggyback on what you say, you know, just being, just, that, that was what I was trying to um, express anyways, was the fact that, you know, we have to give ourselves more credit. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not, we, we can have the intent. You know, because they say God judges the heart. You know what I'm saying? We can have the intent to do all of these things and not know how to do them. But taking those steps to do so is where you start. You know what I'm saying? My brother, you know, I wanted him here. The thing is about these conversations, I love having these conversations. Yeah. But what strikes me is that it's always conversations amongst like moms. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's like, be... I love talking to y'all, but we gon' we we're going to always come to a consensus. You know what I'm saying? The thing is, the men that are supposed to be in here ain't really in here. You know what I'm saying? The women that are supposed to be here ain't really in here. But My that's brother, when it becomes a each one teach one. Right? No, that and that and that's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. Like my brother today. You know, I met I met up with him. He he's a six o affiliate. He he bangs six o. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm on this panel today. We're talking about this and this and that. You know, and he was like, yeah, I would come over there, but, you know, you up in the, yeah. the families. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I, I always, as a sister, you know, I understand my responsibility as, as, as his sister. You know, this, this man, he, he um, portrays his lifestyle as a 6 old lifestyle. You know, he's holding guns, and, and I'm on him. Because nigga, you go to you go to see son, you ain't you ain't expressing the fact that you about to graduate in a couple months with your bachelor's. Because that ain't cool, right? So who you around, right? And I always tell him, as as a man as a man in my life, you know, you have made a choice. Our father was killed at the age of twenty-one. We surpass our father. Okay? My we we all of his kids are older than what he was when he died. So my thing is you made a choice to join this game, you know what I'm saying? But then 
in your mind, you know that this isn't really all that you want to be about, but this is all that you want to put out into the world. And I'm like, yo, what you get, what you're getting, you know, you, you done been up in jail. I done had to cry for you. That's what I mean when some of us are on the front lines. Not the fact that our men are not, but I'm beside you, bro, because I done lost sleep. You know what I'm saying? But, and, I, and I'm, on, I'm beside you because I made myself accountable. Because I know you still need somebody pushing you. I know you still need somebody to tell you, I believe in you even when you don't believe in yourself. My brother was out there when they was marching yesterday for Nipsey with the peace rally. I called him, I was like, hey bro, that's a beautiful thing. I feel like I got hope, you know what I'm saying? My brother was like, I ain't for that shit. Straight up. He said, I ain't for that shit. I said, wow. And I said, you know what? He was like, man, a lot of these, a lot of these dudes out there, they was out there just to flex because it was the cameras was out. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, I didn't feel it in my spirit that it was right. He was like, we had a conversation in 2011 and he was like, all it takes is one knucklehead to come out up in these streets and think that they bigger than the plan and they gonna fuck up. And I said, bro, but you the one, you being aware of that, I said, you have the power to change your mentality. Because if you don't believe that y'all can do it, then I can imagine how many of y'all that you probably talking to that don't believe the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's like, for, for us in here, I want to say we got to give ourselves more credit because I'm tired of holding, I'm tired of holding on to their pain that some of them choose to have. You know what I'm saying? That some of them are choosing to put themselves in these positions. My, 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 what I feel is standing beside you, what I feel is sticking up for you is telling you the truth. You know what I'm saying? And not letting you make excuses for yourself. My brother always wanna tell me, I'm a grown ass man. Yeah, you a grown ass man and I'm gonna tell your grown ass that you stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, that's that's the thing. Like, I've, I've been a part of this lifestyle. I know what gangbanging is about. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I've been in situations where my life has been at risk because of my brothers, you know, because of my father. Like, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you a platform to display your stupidity, you know? And that's the only, that's the, that, that was where I was coming from. But at the same time, us in here, we have to give ourselves credit for doing the work that we are trying to do. Right. And from this message that we get from here, let's, yeah, pour that out to them because there are people that need it. And it, if anything, bring them to these conversations. I wish my brother could have been here because the what, what we really do need to get to is the fact that we do need to understand that we need to start loving ourselves better. You know what I'm saying? And not just as an individual, you gotta, God created this, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm sorry, I could be biased, whatever, but ain't nothing more beautiful than the black bean to me. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing stronger than the black bean to me. So it's like, we, we, that's what needs to be portrayed. You know, and a lot of people don't touch on mental health because of the fact that the men out here, if they think that they're going to see a, a, a if they see, if they feel like they need to seek healing, they feel like that's a sign of weakness. You know what I'm saying? And we, we need to uplift them and let them know, no, it's not a sign of weakness. On my crazy days, I feel like I need some help. So I'm gonna call somebody or, and I'm gonna seek higher up if I feel like I'm not getting it in my direct circle. You know what I'm saying? But 
we gotta we gotta give our we gotta give ourselves credit and we gotta stop putting I, I I'm a real believer in the the words that we choose to use. Right. You know what I'm saying? Failing, that's not an option. I didn't fail you. So, you know what I'm saying? And maybe, yes, we could do better. We could do better, but I don't feel like none of us, we're not failing each other. Because for for everybody who's preaching the wrong, there's more, there's more of us than them. You know, know what I'm saying? We just got to be willing to stand up and we got to be willing to speak out and, and get to those who need it. So we're gonna. Did you have? Yeah, just one burning. So I was fortunate enough to have like the mindset to say when I fought my case and I got to tell you everything. Like, nah, this ain't me. Like, I got, I got to bounce back, right? Um, and I was like ferocious in like my learning about how do you do that. You know what I mean? So I used the time where I couldn't get a job that I was overqualified for to go back to school. You know what I mean? And then I was like, cool, I'm off probation now. I can go move to this apartment. They're like, no, nah, you still they say you got a felony right here. So I needed to, I thought I cleared this up. I needed to pay 300 additional dollars, pay $20 for parking, leave my job, drive across downtown to downtown to have them process this paperwork, talk to these white folks like I got some sense, right? How many people got a felony who can't do that? Who don't feel comfortable doing that? Exactly. I'm thinking about the many broken people that exist who are ashamed. Like, I got, I got pockets in my third grade who, Pull out game banging now, but I remember when it happened, and now we about to be 30, and they're like, damn, this shit is tough right now. Yeah. Like, I feel it lost. But he don't know how to, he don't, he don't know where to start. You know what I'm saying? So I would love to have, a, even if it's not this time, a conversation on like, how do we talk? Okay, you, now you, you, you fed up with this. What other alternatives do you have? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if this is the only thing I know, that means that's the only thing I'm good at. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to do shit I'm not good at. Go do follow your route. You went to school, you did it. I'm embarrassed. So I'm not about to go hang out with you and your friends on no corny shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the mindset I exactly. know. Exactly. You know what I mean? I be telling him, like, come through. What are you going to sit with me and my, my boys talking about the positive shit? You feel like you can't join in on conversation? So I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of, like, providing options right. or talking about what you could do or how to navigate the system when you are fed up. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people, the reason why a lot of people showed up yesterday, because in their head they fed up. Right. But the next day, what, now everything changed? Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I think if a lot of other people want to change, but we got to also have the people who are like a little bit more thinking of opportunities right. or experiencing some more of the positive things, let them know what those are. Right. You know? That's and then, did you ask a question? And then we're going to wrap. Okay. After David, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I've just been kind of like listening all night, pretty quiet, just collecting everything. And I just think after listening to everyone who is both the audience and the panel, I feel like the true divide between black men and black women um, is communication and love, okay? Um, because so many of us are dealing with self-hate. So many of us are dealing with dysfunction in our family. And this all goes back to the plantation. I don't care what anybody says, yeah. what this stems from, I'm, I'm here to tell you. And so because um, we were taught, you know, just so much um, self-hate and, and not loving each other, it has just transgressed into this um, society that we have now where it's like, fuck bitches, fuck niggas, get money, like, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the love is completely missing. It is completely lacking um, between us, and I think with love missing, um, you have no care to communicate. You know, you don't care to talk. You don't have the compassion to say, well, hey, 
this is where I messed up at, you know, because you just, you don't have it. And so I, I, I kind of think those are the two things that are lacking between black women and men that, that need to be worked on. Um, I think you shared a serious point that mirror reflecting, you know, um, quick little things sharing about me. In 2017, I totally went absent for the whole year. I just cut that completely off. It was the best thing I could have ever did for myself in my young 20-year-old adult life, um, just because it made me so much more open and focused on um, just what I needed to do to fix me. Like, like, you, we, like they said, you know, we always say, man, I, I need somebody that can do this and that, and this. but can you do this and can you do that? And that's the narrative. Because if you can't reflect that, then you're not gonna attract that. I hear so many um, trash men and women, like, oh, I want a good girl, I just want me a good nigga. Are you a good girl? Are you a good man? Don't expect to get wholesomeness if you're not wholesome, you know? And I just feel like that's, again, that's that love and communication lacking though, that's why you're not whole. And so I just feel like at the end, those are the two things that are the, the major complete divide between black men and black women. I was just going to say, going off the topic of mental health and the love and communication part, granted, like Ross said, I do also think we're like the people with sense in this room who like want to make change, but to spread it out to your friends, especially to your friends who kind of feel like it's weak to talk to somebody, there's an app called Talkspace where you can literally text, email, send videos, or communicate however you feel comfortable to a therapist that you don't ever have to walk in and leave your space to see. Does that make sense? So like on days where you feel crazy, download that app and be like, yo, I need help. And someone, and you can even put in your type. If you want a male, a black male, if you want a black female, that person will pop up and help you. You know what I'm saying? I think, um, I think a lot of us like, no offense to Jasmine or anything, a lot of us like having conversations like this because we like to avoid the fact that we need some real fucking help. Um, this, this is somebody's therapy, but go ahead and do that every week. You know what I mean? Go ahead and do that twice a month if you need to. Go ahead and do that. I go to therapy two times a week, and I'm talking about like dead ass. You know what I'm saying? I pay $100 of my own money, but that's because I know the objective I have for myself is way, way, way higher than the pain I have. You know what I'm saying? And there's gonna be a day where your friend is gonna feel like he's on fire and you're not gonna be able to save him no more. You know what I mean? You're not, like, they, like you're just not. There's been times with like moments, moments of suicide where I feel like if I didn't have like, just I just wasn't raised well and if I didn't have sense, I would not be here. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So like genuinely guys, it's not about these little panels. It's not about March. It's not about nothing like that. It's about really restarting your equilibrium and just like understanding that your friends deserve to restart. So again, we're the people in here with sense. So when you leave here, spread out the fact that like the whole everything that was we really said in here was that it need, everybody needs to restart. There's a restart button that we all deserve, whether it be with the person you're dating, with your friend, or with your grieving of Nifty Hustle. Go ahead and restart yourself so you can be better for tomorrow. All right. Okay, last. I just want to share my testimony a little in reference to what these two were saying with the mental health thing. Um, my coworkers know. I, even in this wonderful, beautiful shit that falls out of my mouth, I am definitely still human. And I was in a place where I was so hard and I was having to fucking melt down. Like, fuck the guy was calling every other day. And this one right here was saying, like, you should, mental health, mental health. I'm like, bitch, I'm good, I got this. Like, and tomorrow, and you know, I'm like, maybe you might, you know, you might want to. And I was like, uh. But eventually, 
I had a meltdown to the point that I was like, I can't do this on my own anymore. I can't even talk to my friends and my family about it anymore because now I just look crazy. You know what I mean? And in that, I noticed that my relationships with men and women were falling apart, but it was because I was falling apart. And so I became open-minded to the idea and I did start seeing a therapist. And it's not something I necessarily share with everybody. But in the short time, even if there's the piss would say when I would talk to her, she was like, well, it sounds like you have most of this shit figured out, like you're smart. I was like, yeah, but I still need you to help me sift through the shit that I think I understand for it to make sense. And one of the things she told me that made me feel safe was you can't control who you love in the space that you're in where you are and you don't have to feel guilty for loving who you love whether it be right wrong or indifferent to whoever is there but you have to understand why you love this person and you have this attachment here and allow whatever that purpose is for you to fulfill its purpose and not to be in control of how you function in all of your relationships. And the moment she told me that, it was something that, it was like a freedom that came off of me because I always felt guilty for loving those even that were undeserving in how they treated me of my love. But I had to realize that in me and who I am, I'm a loving person. I'm running from your hugging and kissing, even when I'm going to be hugging and kissing. I don't care because and seeing that therapist, it helped me realize that that's who I am. And if I can't express that, I'm fucked yeah. up. And so, whether you can receive it or not, I'm gonna give it to you. Because it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I'm gonna hug and kiss on you so much, eventually I'm like, fuck, she can do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And then you get to experience what you've been rejecting. Right. And I feel like our relationships with one another is that we're selfish with, our, with how we feel and we're afraid to share it because of what, whether they're going to receive it or not. And in that, we rob ourselves right. of having a healthy relationship. Right. And I just think that, like she said, with the restart button, a part of that is finding the love within yourself mm -hmm. that's lacking so that you can feel, understand that in order for me to receive it, I have to feel feel it for myself and know that it's safe to give it, that I have an overabundance, that what I have in me overflow. God didn't limit me or lack me. He gave me more than enough. Right. So I'm safe to love you, right. male or female. With me being male or female, I'm safe in however I choose to love you, right. physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. But I didn't get there until I took the time to get with a therapist to help me get all of these fucking thoughts out of my head to make me realize is I'm safe and I'm okay in my skin as I am. And in being safe there, whether you want, whether you can receive it or not, as my fellow black sister or as my fellow black man or as my fellow white man or as my fellow any skin, I'm gonna love on you because most of us don't know what it feels like. And that's where she says that's what we're lacking. 
because we don't know how it feels. We're afraid to give what love feels like to us to the next person because we think we don't have enough. Right. And I think that's where it starts. We have an overabundance of it. Get that shit out. Right. I think that's necessary. Period. Like you said, um, give it out. Do you want to stop in real quick? Sorry, I know this is going to wrap it up. Yeah. If you need to be compressed and like be stressed just from your like life every day, even if it's just like a friend's relationship, there are just a few things that you can do. You can either write, you can reach out to someone and talk, you right. can work out, find a hobby, something that allows you to just take care of yourself. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna wrap that. Any of you guys wanna end with anything or say anything? No. No. Okay. Thank you so much, Mandy. I mean, Thank you. I feel like we have so. Um, And I know a lot of us have a lot of 
hate towards that man, but to me, that looked like my student because I could literally give you a list of 30 kids right now that could turn out to be him or turn out to be like Nipsey Hussle and be dead. So I'm telling you right now, the kids that you have access to, talk to them, let them know about the mental health. And I want to get you on a panel too, talking about mental health and stuff, but make sure you talk to them. Um, a lot of the work that I do is for kids. When I go pick the homeless, I know that there are parents that are taking these plates back to the kids. Um, when I do these conversations, or even I speak in churches about how they have failed our children and why millennials are not going to church. And I'm speaking to them because kids are, are not seeing the importance of God, and that hurts my heart. So please talk to the kids that are around you. Stop just putting them on Instagram and telling them happy birthday and taking them out to go get ice cream. They need to see who it is that you are, because if not, we're going to literally, and I'm telling you right now, grow up in a world of Eric Holders who are murdering um, people. So I'm saying that as an educator, um, I probably have seen some of your family and your kids at my job, because uh, I've worked across different schools at LAUSD. So that's just something that I want to get out to you guys, but I really hope you guys enjoyed this. Like I said, I hope we are able to do this again. And like I said, um, I don't care if you don't, if you're not an entrepreneur, I don't care if you are the best prayer in the world. I don't care if you are depressed right now. Nipsey said the marathon continues. And like I said, anybody can join the marathon, but all it just takes is you literally signing up. And you know, it don't take nothing to sign up for nothing. So I hope this conversation will help you guys continue in the marathon that we are all in. Thank you guys for coming. Go ahead. But yeah, that's it. Just say you guys. Talking about Nipsey and just the marathon and um, 